Thank you for listening to this Miller Time Media Podcast. This interview took place during our Miller Time Live radio program. For information on the program, you can visit our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio. You can also find us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms by searching Miller Time Media. If you do not find us on your favorite podcast platform, not to fear, just send us an email and we'll get it done for you, Radio at outlook.com. Thank you and enjoy. From the 70s. Now. You're listening to Hit City. And who knows, we might even squeeze in a little bit of a 60s. Hey, we're not going to tell if you don't. Let it be. All righty, it is three minutes after 10 o'clock on a Monday morning. <laughs> We missed this last week because uh, Mr. Warren Harold Wazzy was not with us. He wasn't feeling well. So please welcome now to the program our Weekly Squawk guests. Stand by. The Weekly Squawk. All right. Joining us on the Miller Time Hotline now is Warren Wazzy Harold and Stuart Dando, the guru of finances and his trusty sidekick, Wazzy. Welcome back. And I'm glad you're feeling more better, uh, Wazzy. Welcome I'm glad. Welcome to back to planet Earth, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much. I um, yeah, Whew, what what a journey, and I've got to go back in in eleven weeks. I, I've got to go in and finish, believe it or not. So, oh dear lord! So yeah, they give me twelve weeks to recover from this initial surgery, and I and I, and I got to go back. But at least but, you know, God is good and all is well. Yeah, and and, and at least you. Uh, I mean, this was an emergency. You had to go now. Thing at least in eleven weeks, it's a planned thing. Yep. And you can get you know. Uh, man, we're we're glad exactly. that you found out what was wrong and got it. Uh, well, Stuart uh, Dando, good morning, sir. Welcome. Good morning, team. Good to have everybody back on the uh, on the show this morning. And uh, listen, uh, I want to give a shout out, uh, Wazi, to your girlfriend Candice, because she, uh, while you were there, Candice, yeah, she was uh, she was busy requesting songs on the Miller Time Live Drive. Uh, we played uh, ACDC, The Jack, for you. And I don't know if you heard it or not, because I think you were still pretty drugged up there, and not by choice. No, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of lost Monday and Tuesday, brother. So, yeah. so yeah, no. He kept saying towards the end of the week, "What day is it? Tuesday?" And it's like, "No, it's Friday, babe." I'm like, "Awesome!" Oh, shame, man. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. And I talked to you on yeah, Wednesday. She, I said, she, "Are you?" She did tell me. I asked, I asked Wazzy on Wednesday. I said, "Are you going to join us for the 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 legal uh, the legally speaking segment with Attorney Dave?" Doer and he's a, are you nuts? <laughs> yeah, I'm on nuts. Yeah, but the show, the show, yeah, the yeah, show no, went no, on. Was... Don't worry. So in the world, ah, oh, jolly good, jolly but good. In the world, the world of finances hasn't stopped, despite uh, you being down. And obviously, Stuart is still working, and everyone else is still going. So, guys, what's going on? Start us off. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of my team is that even if I'm out of action. Is that I have I have uh, you know men like Stuart that are still there they behind it. They, the machine keeps on running and if Stewie gets sick you know for a week or whatever they, that's the beauty of dealing with not and, and I mean with all due respects to the mom and pop brokers and that out there yeah. um, with dealing with a financial advisor that 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 has has a corporate sort of backing which is fantastic but yes. that being said a topic that we've been chatting to to um, uh, the the team about of late is. Um, our regulation 24 funds, uh, sorry, 28 funds, that um, where, where you get prescribed assets. Now, we have some news, which I'm going to let uh, um, Stuart 
uh, bear, which is, which to me, and well, you know, Stuart's not a man that uh, sort of gets excited about this at all, um, because he is of, you know, the utmost sort of calm demeanor. How, yes. However, that being said, um, I do. <laughs> yeah. So Stuart, tell us about our dear Enoch uh, Godungwana the head of ANC's Economic Transformation Subcommittee and how he has set us straight. And give us a breakdown. Um, yeah, so, so thank you. So over the last, over the last couple of weeks and, and, and possibly months, but definitely over the last sort of few weeks specifically, there's been a lot of talk around something called prescribed assets. Um, and for the layman, it's, it's quite simple. Within the Pension Funds Act, there's something called Regulation 28, and Regulation 28 sets out um, limits of exposure where asset managers who invest uh, retirement fund members' uh, money can only take exposures up to certain limits with Correct. regards to equity, property, and so on and so forth. So if I may yeah. just quickly, it's okay. So me, the broker, I mm -hmm. go see a client and I, and I say, hey, listen, my chum, we've got to get into gold day. Gold, let's go gold. <laughs> this this. This regulation is not a bad thing because it prevents the mavericks from saying go offshore equity or go this. We have to balance your fund according to the prescribed uh, minimum benefit. So it's it's good for you, the public out there. Ca sorry, carry on, uh, Stu. That, 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 that's, that's entirely true. So um, there are some, there are definitely some checks and balances when it comes to Regulation 28. So if you, let's go back to your, your Maverick advisor, decides he wants to go and, you know, take a, a massive position in gold or Bitcoin, whatever it might be. As soon as he's it. going through, as soon as he's going through a certain structure, be it a, an RA or a pension fund or a provident fund um, yep. or a, indeed a preservation fund, he can't take those positions he or she cannot take those positions they have to be in line with something called regulation 28 fortunately a lot of funds do that work for you so if you were to go into the likes of an Alan Gray balance fund or a discovery balance fund or an Investec um, managed for whatever it might be what those funds will tell you is on, or on, a on what they fusion. Or, or, or the monarch range that we have exclusively for a two um, it will tell you this yes. portfolio is regulation 28 compliant and that just gives you peace of mind that the asset manager or managers are, are, are exposing you know exposing your assets to, to asset classes that are well that are within the regulation as it's set out and that just protects fund members in the long term it does protect quite you right. know, against certain advisors taking overweight positions or taking speculative mm -hmm. positions in assets where they really yeah. shouldn't Correct, correct. So, very good thing. So, Mr. Gudwana, uh, Godongwana, I must pronounce it correctly, um, he has given us some clarity with regards to this. And, um, Stuart, um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> he has indeed. Um, so, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of talk, um, a lot of sort of glass half empty commentators talking about the this looming specter of prescribed assets and how government is looking to pry open your pension fund and take all of your money to give it to ESCOM so it can pay off its debt. And that's nonsense. Um, what they're actually looking to do is they're actually looking to give the private retirement funding sector the opportunity to invest with government. And that might sound scary because all we all we think of when we think of government is massive SOE debt. But in as much as there is debt, there are also projects that government would like to that would like to look into, uh, be it ESCOM, be it SAA, yeah. be it wherever. So what the, the proposal yes. is that within Regulation 28, there will be an additional asset class created, and that will be called infrastructure, and it will give asset managers the ability to invest 
somewhere between sort of 10 and 20% of, of uh, a particular fund's assets into infrastructure spend and projects with the government. Now, you've got to look at it from both sides of that coin. With the SA government at the moment, I'm very frightened about that. But if I was to yeah. say to you, we're going to allocate 10% of your portfolio into a, an infrastructure project, which is going to create jobs, benefit the community, and generate a return for your overall investment, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who didn't think that was a good idea. So mm -hmm. the idea is not to go and bail out SOEs. The idea is to, because right now with those, with those SOEs, with all that debt, they're hamstrung in terms of new spend. So if we could unlock different sources of spending, and like I said, create jobs and benefit communities and so on and so forth, I would argue that's largely a good thing, um, provided it's done in a very prudent manner um, and provided there's a lot of scrutiny and oversight and so on and so forth. So um, Enoch... Um, Kwanongano, who is the um, he's the head of the uh, the ANC's economic transformation subcommittee, was on radio with MoneyWeb last week, and he went to great pains to say, look, you know, all the stuff that's in the media is absolute nonsense. Here's what we actually said. Here's what our actual intentions are, and here's the way we look to you know to, to amend that regulation in partnership. Uh, with the regulatory bodies, ASISA, which is the Association of Savings and Investments in South Africa, being one of those bodies. Um, so there's a lot of yeah. a lot of um, there's a lot of collaboration going on behind the scenes, um, and hopefully that will yield some very positive results, both yeah. in terms of you know the outlook for that, and obviously for potential returns for um, for South Africa's fund members. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and of course, it's not a new thing. It's actually just an amendment of the immovable property definition. So what they want to do is they want to just tweak that. Uh, yes, correct. So, so the, the idea is twofold. Firstly, to tweak immovable property to include infrastructure or to create a brand new asset class altogether. So we don't yes. have those details as yet. I think they are leaning towards the creation of a new asset class if what I read is true um, and what I hear is true. Um, and we'll see, we'll see that going forward. So I think ultimately it's a good thing and I'm hoping, I'm hoping that um, a lot of listeners uh, sort of on listening to this and are going to read you know, my newsletter and, and, and what has come out in the media. And I'm hoping it's going to give them a little bit more peace of mind that they perhaps you know, didn't have um, if they'd read a lot of stuff that went before it. Yes, yes, indeed. If I may, um, Dustin, I just want to read uh, sure. um, uh, Gwana. This is what he had to say. He said, let me just say, the negative prospects of prescribed assets are not a product of our own making. There is a lot of statement, statements which attribute to us um, have been attributed to us by journalists, which are not our statements. Therefore, they serve to generate negative perceptions. The media, you know, the media nice. Yeah. For instance, there was an article this week. <clears throat> he couldn't remember which newspaper, which said, we want to use pension funds to capitalize the state bank. There is no such statement from the ANC. There, so there's a statement that we want to bail out failing state entities. We've never said that on a single day. So journalists just create stories and therefore build this negativity around the issue. So for us, it certainly sounds plausible and genuine. And as Stuart says, let's hope that it is. Let's 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 hope we've turned the page. Yeah. And then in, in and then in interesting stuff, Stuart, you say you have been warned now. What I want to do is actually take us um, a little bit back and just give the tribe a little bit of um, a track history of Mirror Trading International, and then let's take them into the latest developments. Stuart, how does that okay. sound to you? That's fine. No problem. So, go so I think 
Yeah, so I think this this type of environment where a lot of people are desperate and and possibly destitute and losing their jobs, um, it tends to drive a certain type of behavior. Um, and that can manifest in certain ways and often dangerous ways where, you know, people are, are desperate and they want to they want to go into these schemes where there are mm. potential to earn 10, 15 percent, you know, per month and so on and so forth. Yes, and I think yes. that, that, that does often get capitalized on potentially unscrupulous sort of businesses and organizations. Um, And we have have institutions to guard against that. So one such institution is the FSCA, the Financial Sector Conduct Authority. And what they've come out recently to say is they're investigating the activities of a business called MTI or Mirror Trading International. And it basically was quite scathing and has advised the clients of the scheme withdraw their funds as quickly as possible. It doesn't get more unequivocal than that. So MTI MTI as a business describes uh, describes itself as a South African company offering forex trading services. Okay, which immediately should raise some flags by using an automated system to trade with um, to trade with the funding pool on behalf of its members. It says they do this uh, you, as a member. You don't need any knowledge, which is another red flag. Um, it says they're able to develop a passive income of sometimes up to ten percent per month. That's another red flag. Mm, it, yeah. it conducts high frequency trading. Um, it also says that um, the regulator said that MTI requires an FSP license um, in order to perform these trades, which it currently does not have. Ah. So I mean, there are so many red flags so in the three story. Out of three, uh, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> there are just so many red flags, and, and often I said I've said in previous letters, you know, if if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, Absolutely. a duck. If oh it wait, is, did, did someone sounds- say duck? We have a duck. duck. <laughs> oh, no, There's no, the duck. Good. So just to put you back on track, there, Stuart. Um, uh, they claim to have more than two point nine billion in clients' funds, eh? Wow. They do, but they can't. They don't. They don't seem to be able to confirm that. So they've made this. They've made a rather bold statement. Um, and this this two point nine. This two point nine. Um, this two point nine billion went hand in hand with their with their assertion that they 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 they're able to generate up to a ten percent return per month. Um, and let's be honest. Uh, again, I mean, they they may Come have on, had yeah. periods Come of on, slightly guys. you know performance, but I mean, ultimately, ultimately, this is not a sound. It, it, it's very concerning that the that they that they're there. But I mean, all you need to do is take the first statement to the FSCA that said, if you do have funds invested with them, please withdraw them yeah. as soon as you can. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, guys. Right now. You know what? It's very interesting to me that you bring this up because we, especially when lockdown happened, a lot of uh, a lot of things started circulating. Things like, uh, for instance, uh, Stewart's hottie does there. Um, there was uh, there there were quite a few things getting thrown in our faces. You know, the the WhatsApp groups and the things that make the rounds. Uh, there was this crowd one thing. There was um, you know, there's so many different things involving Bitcoin and other things. And I'm not saying all Bitcoin things are scams, but obviously we've had our chat on, on Bitcoins in this program, and I'm pretty sure I know where you guys stand. And it's interesting to me yeah. to see that the Bitcoin uh, prices have uh, suddenly taken a drop here lately. Um, do you? Is there any is there any way, sure way, as a consumer, that me myself, uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I have no clue what I'm doing. So I have some money and I want to invest it. And I and 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 the first thing I'm thinking is, you know, hey, uh, somebody sent me a WhatsApp the other day, and I can jump into this crowd one thing, or I can jump into this other thing, or whatever. How do I guard myself against that? It, I mean, other than the obvious, which is to to speak to a licensed and trained financial advisor, such as the two. Well, of you. I was going to say, yeah. That's probably the best way, yeah, right? Yeah. So, in other words, you probably shouldn't just assume that we can just jump that, into. That is, that is the best, yeah. So, so then, my best, my yeah. best course of action with my money is to come to Warren Harold or Stuart Dando and say, "Guys, 
here's my money. What yeah. should I do with it? And if you and if you want to be, you know, they're, they're going to take you through everything. It's not like they're going to just come and say, give me your money. Okay, bye. We'll let you know. They're going to take you through and they're going to yeah. show you step by step what we're doing and why, as we do every week on this program when they come in and they, they explain it, guys. I just wanted to point that out because so many of these scams have taken place since April. Really. I think more people that have yeah. time on their hands... <laughs> Am I am I wrong or it's, it's, it's unfortunate, Dustin? No, you're a hundred percent correct. Unfortunately, um, mm. it's desperate times. Yeah. Uh, what what are you going to say there, Stuart? It is. Uh, it, it's exactly that, right? So I think I mean just going back, just going back to your question about how can you how can you protect yourself? So the easiest way to do that is to rely on the authorities. So in yeah. South Africa, we've got a very very heavily regulated industry. Um, and what that leads to, it leads to transparency, it leads to accountability. So if a, if a member of the public gets an SMS or a, you know, a WhatsApp or a suggestion from a friend to go and invest in company X because they're providing this type of return, yeah. um, what I would suggest you do immediately is go onto the, 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 the regulator's uh, website. So that's um, the FSCA, sort of FSCA.co.za, I believe it is. And go and check. You can go and check financial service providers. Go and check. You can even check Warren. You can check myself. You can do a search. You can see what we're licensed to give advice on. Um, there's, a, there's very much, it's very transparent as to who can give you advice and what they can advise you on. Yeah. And if you go onto that website and you search for that particular business and they're not on there, and yet they're still providing you a financial service, that is your first red flag. And that's what I want to really focus my, my, <laughs> fi my final word on this right now. And I quit taking your time, but I just want to point out to, to, to you, the listener, not you, Warren and Stuart, but you, the listener, I want to say these two guys are on our, on our station every week and they have this program because they're licensed, because they've been doing this a very long time, because they know what the hell they're doing. So, I mean, you know what? Don't trust just... I mean, we, we had just... Like, was it last year or the year before? We had a financial uh, advisor, uh, an entire business right here in, in North Riding that went completely up because the guy yep. was investing money in things and... and uh, not, yep. not being 100% uh, open and transparent. And the entire business went yep. to put all the people that worked there, all the money that the senior, a lot of a lot of his clients were senior citizens, had their had their pension funds and retirement funds invested with him. And he took them for a ride, unfortunately. And I, it just so happens I knew this guy. Yep. You have to be yep. careful. I, I know exactly. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. And unfortunately, you know, flashy suits and flashy cars does not mean does not equal, uh, uh, you know, ooh, this is a good financial advisor yeah, at I'd, all. I'd rather have the guy that invites me to um, a bride you know, and has a advisor. lives down the road and, ha you know, <laughs> exactly right. And he and he puts a he puts a two hundred and fifty grand sirloin on your steak roll. <laughs> I'm I'm more interested in that chili he makes, and uh, even though the w warmer weather is coming, uh, we'll have to get together soon for sure. But I just want to point that out, guys, because listen, I, I've, I've said it so many times on this program each week. All financial advisors are not created equally, and there's even no, unfortunately, not. You're quite right. Yeah. So, I mean, trust these guys. These are normal average guys that, that are doing a job just like you're doing. It just so happens they're in the finance and they know they know very damn well what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I myself, um, uh, I'm in my 30th year wow. of experience. And so you don't look a day over. <laughs> yeah, I've had a very hard laugh. <laughs> now, no comment. Leading, thank you for the segue, Dustin, yes, because um, our next article is he's titled The Pot and the Kettle. So, yep. <laughs> an interesting dialogue between the pot and the kettle. So, um, <clears throat> following the revelation 
of yet another PPE uh, uh, corruption scandal. Okay, the ANC's national executive, of course, you know, they decided that the party's officials will oversee an audit of members facing charges or disciplinary cases, and then they are going to make recommendations on themselves. So that's wonderful. It's like it's like you being the Broadcasting Complaints uh, um, Council mm-hmm. um, or authority. I think it's called the BCA. BCCSA, for yourself. Yep. Um, that's it. Let's hand over to Stuart to unpack, to, uh, unpack for us. Yeah, it, it tends to be, it tends to and has been for a couple of years now, very much a, a go-to strategy of the ANC. So whenever there's an issue, form either a committee, a commission, or do an audit. Now, that in itself sounds good, but unless it yields sort of material and, and demonstrable results, um, sort of what are we what are we playing at? So it's interesting, um, and I'm going to say that without trying to get myself into trouble. It's interesting and ironic um, that the person to deliver the message to say that they're going to establish you know, this um, this audit yeah, uh, um, or oversee an yeah. audit is uh, ANC so, yeah. Secretary General, Mr. Ace Magashule. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, I'm just going to suggest that that's interesting. It, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So he's, he, and he's put his, he's put his colleagues on the clock and he's given them five days to declare their financial interests and any pending police investigations. And he's, he's really has spoken a good game. So I've ended that segment by saying, sure, Ace, no problem. How about you set an example and go first? I was going to say, I wonder if he's been to the police station yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So tell us about the document that uh, the uh, that the Sweden Live Sister publication um, uh, 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 published. So yeah. So yeah. So they they published this document, and um, in it it says that all all NEC members, PEC members, which is the provincial executive committee, and REC, which is regional. Uh, members, as well as MPs, MPLs, ANC mayors, and ANC MMCs, which is members of the mayoral committee, chief whips, and ANC chairs, pretty much everyone at all levels of the state. Um, they are they need to submit a form uh, which declares their assets, their shareholding, their directorships of companies and income. In addition, they need to get a clearance certificate from the police to say that they are, you know, say that they they are pretty much sort of free and clean, um, and they are not awaiting, you know, sort of not awaiting trial or anything like that. So I think it's going to be interesting yes. over the next couple of days to see to see what happens, how many of them submit, what happens if they don't, and so on and so forth. So look, I think it's very much a, a step mm. in the right direction. Just yeah. interesting that the person at the head of that uh, head of that um, situation or uh, maneuver or initiative is Mr. Ace Machshul. I think that's um, I think that's interesting. Yes, the, the president uh, over the weekend um, actually um, sent out a letter to the ANC leadership. Um, he did, which are yeah, unexpected, but as you say, refreshing. I thought it was interesting. Um, there's, 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 there's definitely been there's definitely been a lot of commentary around Cyril uh, Ramaphosa's style of leading by consensus, and the concern is that you can only get a good result if the majority of people from whom you are seeking consensus are looking in the right direction and, uh, and are wanting to make the right decisions. Um, and this throws up the, the, the this throws up the problem of sort of deep rooted corruption. So if you're seeking consensus from, you know, a group of people who are already deeply involved in corruption, the the, the results you're going to get um, are not going to be favourable. So somewhat out of character, he issued a, a note over the weekend, um, Saul Ramposa, which came as a surprise to most people. I've got a I've got a, a nice quote from it that says, "It is you who chooses the leadership, who sets the policies, and who implements the programs of our organisation. It is you who lives in communities, who interacts daily with the front line of service." delivery and who sets the da- um, who sees the damage for the corrupt corruption causes now you can probably intimate a couple of things from that but the next statement is even more interesting it says 
we must acknowledge that our movement, the African National Congress, has been has been and remains deeply implicated in South Africa's corruption problem. Our lack of discipline and failure to deal with issues in our movement have eroded our organizational ethos and standing. Now, those are some strong, oh, strong wow. words. So, yes. And that, I only saw that letter this morning. It came out yesterday, so I only saw it this morning. So I managed to comment a little bit on it. So I'll have a look through the, the contents and, and possibly comment a little bit more next week. But it's those are some strong words. Oh, those are strong words indeed. And I see now indicators um, for the week. Um, any any surprises? Anything? I mean, the, the dollar, 1709. Okay, we, we're getting closer to sort of real value, but still a little high, Stuart. Uh, possibly yeah, a little little high, depending on the metric you use. Um, we yeah. have seen some dollar weakness recently. There have been some commentary out about um, that the dollar is um, is too strong, um, and that that obviously, if that if that weakens, that's good for the rand. Uh, the rand was caught up in the whole Turkish lira drama about a week and a half ago, where the Turkish lira lost a lot of its value, and the rand, as a proxy for emerging market currencies, often gets swept up in the Malay. Um, Brent crude has been fairly stable for a while. So no, not really anything massive to talk about. The yields have, have stabilized and are sort of moving within a fairly a fairly narrow band at the moment. Um, it kind of kind of seems like they're waiting for the next bit of good or bad news to move in either direction. Any anything on the JSE that kind of surprised you or uh, some encouragement? I see we're sitting at fifty five nine four two points. Um, any any comment there? We we are so so last week we did um, we did touch we were very close to some January highs. So the the market on January second was sitting at fifty seven thousand seven hundred seventeen points. Um, and then we had obviously the, the Feb, the Feb sell-off, and then March was the deep sell-off. We then had a recovery, and we almost tipped January levels. And there seemed to be a little bit of a cooling-off period last week, uh, where people may have been just taking some profit or just taking a breather, um, and just digesting a lot of news that has come in with things like the vaccine trial in Russia, um, corruption in South Africa, some news out of the states, some election news. So a lot of a lot of things to digest and very difficult to very difficult to use that information and inform um, sort of positions that you're taking and so on and so forth. So many moving parts and variables at the moment. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why again it's so important to deal with professionals. Um, your quote of the week. Uh, the uh, research Council. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, so we're talking so about the, the level research... five lockdown, which included. Mm. It was, it was all about alcohol. So the Medical Research Council um, came out with a report uh, and their, their quote is, is said the level five lockdown, which included both the prohibition on alcohol sales and a curfew presented the country with a natural experiment. Though we had postulated that there would be a decrease in trauma related mortality, we did not expect such a dramatic result. Um, unnatural death plummeted, providing us with evidence that alcohol control coupled with a curfew was a significant intervention to control unnatural deaths uh, in our country. This. The significant impact was reversed when alcohol was allowed and people could move about freely. Uh, the decline in unnatural deaths has again occurred following the, the recent temporary ban. So basically, I think South Africa has to have, I think South Africans in general have to have to have some introspection and just examine our relationship with alcohol um, and moreover the our excessive consumption of alcohol because the numbers in as much as they were expected to drop the the dramatic decrease and then increase and then decrease again um, I think tells tells an uncomfortable story it is kind of very very concerning that we have such a bad problem and look I've got no problem with you coming to my house um, and and having a few good drinks with me, and, and we get as in good old South Africa, we get fraught, and you take an Uber home, 
totally, you know what, you can do that. You're an adult, whatever kind of thing. But um, I read a news article yesterday where at two o'clock on the Sunday morning, okay, that a guy was so drunk he was weaving into oncoming traffic. Chuan Metro Police actually, uh, um, they had a block of some sorts and trying to stop him. He sped away. Some some officers went in pursuit. It ended up in the deaths of, of three of these Metro Chuan um officers. And they found a booze in the car and everything. And obviously the smell, I mean, you can ask any paramedic when they get to the car. That they, they smell and uh, their empathy kind of wanes somewhat. When oh, yeah, do that. it's definitely a, a so, strong smell. I've, I've been to yeah. many scenes of uh, yeah. DWI crashes. So. Yeah, so so it is very concerning. And I agree with Stuart. We've got to take a serious look at ourselves and our responsibilities. You know, you know, you know, your 19 year old kids going going out and he's going to have a party with his friends. Do you know what? Uber, you don't take your bike or your car, you Uber. And you Uber home, and he gets home at 11 o'clock, fraught as a mouse, and um, uh, uh, he sits down, and I know he's safe, and we have a good laugh. That's fine. No problems. Um, but it's about responsibility. And um, yes, look, we do have enough beds, <clears throat> but it seems to me a very, very unnecessary part of, uh, um, I think the right word is morbidity, um, a percentage in this country. I mean, to people die, die, lose their lives because they're irresponsible, and it, it does. It, it, it you got to we got to start looking at ourselves. <laughs> so in South Africa, we got to sit down and we got to have a family meeting. Man, come on, guys, we got to we got to have a family meeting and be a little bit more proactive in this regard. I think, Stuart, in your article of the week. Um, you speak about, you often hear of the disgruntled citizens that say nothing has actually changed uh, under Cyril Ramaphosa um, and that there's just been um, no uh, uh, um, justice or accountability for corruption. Um, yeah, so I think I think Are a lot still, of people. Oh, you there? Yeah, no, no, definitely still here. I was just listening to you talk about drunk mouses. Okay. Or drunk mice, rather. <laughs> uh, so. I think there's a lot of the, the, the narrative the narrative around non-accountability uh, you know to, is, is, is quite is, is quite prevalent at the moment and I think what's sometimes good you know or insightful is maybe just to stick, take a step back and relook at what's happened over the last sort of 18 months to two years so my article of the week does exactly that it looks at you know SAA it looks at escom it looks at uh, Danelle it looks at commissions of inquiry it looks at um, uh, money that has been recouped. It looks at um, changes in boards and so on and so forth. So I think we, when we, uh, you know, as long as prior to us, or at least because we haven't seen, you know, a high a high power politician in orange overalls yet, we think there's no accountability and there've been no consequences. And that is that is patently untrue. Um, so this article of the week um, goes into a long sort of summary of what's happened over the last two years and how many changes there have been and how many arrests have been made and how many um, you know cases are to come before the courts and so on and so forth. So I think it's a bit of a refreshing read and possibly a good you know, a good opportunity for a lot of South Africans just to take a look back and say, well, actually, we are taking some steps, possibly small ones, but there are, there are a number of them. Um, and as long as they're aimed in the right direction, that's a good thing. 
So, so there, tribe, you're going to need to just download the article, and uh, the link is there for you to just <laughs> just to click on. It's no problem. Is he asking about the mouses there, Stuart? <laughs> my son, my son just walked out. Yeah. Here's yeah. someone. I don't know who that what was. What's he talking about? It was my, it was my, it was my seven-year-old. Oh. She literally just came and said, "Dad, it's not mouses, it's mice." I said, "Thank you." <laughs> ah! Well done, uh, Mister. Dando, Dando Jr. Of course, correct here, mm. correcting Uncle Warren's um, uh, Tell execution. Tell me, yes. is is Stuart is 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 Stuart Dando Jr. there uh, ready to start doing some financial advising? Um, well, apparently not. Uh, no, he's seven, but apparently he's he's willing to do some English lessons, um, right. which I think well, may come in handy. Uh, yes. yes, correct. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong. Our jargon of the week, Stuart. Uh, Stuart, as a younger man, I used to love. The blackjack table. So yep. uh, I had such a giggle. Um, the term uh, house money effect. Um, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's, it's an interesting theory. Um, and I think I, I, I sort of, when I, when I first read it, I, it immediately resonated with me, particularly when I did, because I did um, sort of as a younger man go to some casinos and, and I, would, I would do that thing where I say, I've got, you know, for argument's sake, let's say 500 rand, I put that in my pocket and I would say to myself, once that's gone, it's gone. Um, and if I make some money, that's yeah. great. But what tends to happen, if you, if, it's not just gambling. You think about investing and speculating as well. Let's say you've got a, a thousand rand and in your mind, that thousand rand is going to earn you X. And if you lose it, it's gone. And let's say you have a couple of quick wins. So you win, let's say 500 rand or another thousand rand. You immediately think, well, I'm going to take the thousand rand that I originally bought, put that into my pocket, and then take some additional risk with this extra money because you don't attach the same amount of value to winnings as you do to your hard-earned money. Right. So what, what takes over is something called the house money effect, which means that people will often take additional risk with the money they've already won or was unexpected you know, to be gained, and they take additional risk with that. Because it's not their money. They've got no attachment to it initially, yes. yeah. So they tend yeah. to take additional risk. So you'll see people you know, betting it all on black or betting it all on red because they're, 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 they're up you know, during the evening or whatever it might be. And that is called the, the house money effect. Uh-huh. So, so, so in, in trading... Stuart, I mean, there is a, yep. a term called house money effect, and Correct. it's 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 your hard earned gains. But what people are doing is is similar. They 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 all of a sudden take their hard earned gains, which they earned according to their risk profile. So there's another word for you, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, listeners. Is you know your risk profile. One of the things we do for you as an advisor is is we we profile your personal risk profile. So you either a low risk, medium risk, a high risk. Um, it all depends on your tolerance for exposure. So now you get your money in, okay, and 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 maybe. Maybe Warren has uh, uh, um, said to you, look, we're going to get uh, uh, CPI plus 4%. We get our CPI plus 4%. Now you take that money that we've made and you change your risk profile to, to high risk. It's out of kilter. You shouldn't be changing your risk tolerance. You should be sticking with your knitting, as old people used to say. Correct, Stuart? Correct. Look at me. I'm a financial advisor. <laughs> and then in conclusion, um, <laughs> and then in conclusion, drowning in debt. I mean, the 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 article headline um, immediately makes me want to read your, you know, what you've got to say about that, Stuart. So yeah. tell us about that recent survey. So I think it's it's not going to come as a surprise um, in terms of. 
in terms of where the economy is going, um, in terms of you know some of the damage that's still going to come out of the system. But I think when you see when you see surveys that come out with actual numbers, um, it sort of drives the point home. So in a recent survey, uh, debt counselling firm Debtbusters uh, found that the debt holidays offered by a lot of our banks uh, at the beginning of the lockdown. Um, had actually added around 21 billion rands worth of debt to an estimated 1.6 million people who took advantage of those offers. So those who suspended their car, bond, and personal loan repayments in, the, in those three months uh, will end up mm. paying, on average, an additional 30,000 rand on top of that debt of what they already owe. Mm. So yeah. it's yeah. yeah, and look, I mean, this is not a this is not me sort of castigating anyone that took out those low or took out you know took that opportunity because some people, most people, had no choice. Um, if the bank comes and if you can't yeah. afford your school fees, can't afford your car repayments, and the bank says, don't worry, we'll give you a payment holiday, um, you, you can't blame that person's behavior. That was often for they had no choice. Yeah. Um, but the economic yeah. realities of those decisions are now coming out. So yeah. maybe just to end on a quote from the Debtbuster COO, um, said, in a country as over-indebted as South Africa, especially at a time when the economy is contracting, this is enough to push people who are just about making ends meet into a situation where their debt-to-income ratio um, is unsustainable. So, yeah, no, it's, 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 I think it's going to be a trying time. I think there is more pain to be felt in the system. And my advice to people out there would be, you know, sort of live within your means, only spend what you earn, try and save as much as possible. All, all of the basic tenets, you know, of, of sound, um, sound sort of financial behavior. Uh, but now more than ever, you need to exercise extreme circumspection and caution. Um, and yeah, and good luck. Did you say circumcision? Yeah. <laughs> Cir- circumspection. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Don't get, don't get Junior back on the line again, you know. He's going to correct our English. You know? <laughs> that American man, he doesn't say the words properly. Yeah, um, the American man has to watch what he says. I didn't realize we had listeners under the age of 10. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it it really one one of the things that we also offer as 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 a company myself is that we'll we'll help you. I'll look through your budget, and um, I'll show you um, what is necessary, what is a necessity, and what is not a necessity. Mm-hmm. What is a luxury? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that the DSTV is a necessity, mm-hmm. and it's not. Um, I, I cut my own DSTV. Uh, it just became ridiculous um, about a, close to two years ago now. And the only thing I miss is my sport. Really, really is. And, and particularly my rugby. Mm. Um, but, but, but the thing is, is that it's not a necessity, guys. Um, we've all got to, as, as, and South Africans' uh, uh, savings ratios are amongst the lowest on the entire planet. Now, you teach your, your children, when we're, all our kids, and that's why we start giving them pocket money as they grow up, and, and that's how we teach them about money. But a lot of parents teach their children how to manage 100% of their income. So that's, that's number one problem that you've got over there. You shouldn't be managing 100% of your income. You should be man- managing um, a minimum um, of um, uh, 80%. So in other words, 20%. There's there's a whole sector called pay, the terminology that we use is pay yourself first. So if you earn 2,000 rand, put 200 rand away for yourself first. It must that is part of your budget. <clears throat> it's not a pay everyone else and then see what I've got for myself. No, you pay yourself first. So that's that, that that's the first thing that people do wrong. The second thing that people do wrong in this country of ours is that when you get an increase is you go, okay, well, I've got an extra uh, 2,000 rand a month. Um, What can we upgrade? What can we afford? No, don't do that. 
use the extra 2,000 rand a month at least for another year to, to, to plug into other things of debt. You would be absolutely amazed if you just plugged that increase that you got into your bond. You'll thank me later. You can pay me my commission <laughs> later. You can just send me a check in the post if anyone's got that. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, that's a whole thing. And, and we added to actually have a program which we call the Ordinary Millionaire. I was very, very privileged to be part of it and uh, uh, um, a co-author of the book called, um, um, I mean, you've got it, Dust. It's called The Ordinary Millionaire. Yeah, I do. It's on the um, shelf next to You can go down it. to my website, yeah, www.warrenherald.co.za, download a free copy. There are sections that you can go into there where you can go and, 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 and go through your expenses. Have a look at them. We talk about it. Look, this is a number one uh, Amazon bestseller, guys. So it's it's not a it's not it's not a thin little book. It's a proper, you know, it, it's a proper financial services book. Go and download it. It's free of charge, and, and we don't do that because we're nice people. Um, believe it or not, what we want you to do is is I want you to read the book and say, wow, this guy has actually you know got it together. Um, let me give him a call with regards to my portfolio and let him have a look at it. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's be clever. So basically what, what we took the approach of, instead of selling the book and making our, our, our money on that, what we would rather do is give you the book for free. We give you something for free. You use it. You tell us if it's had a difference in your life. And then you come back to us and say, right, okay, you guys make a lot of sense. Here's my stuff. Have a look at it. Tell me how you can help me. Yeah. And um, it's a win-win situation for everyone. Beautiful. Love it. Guys. Mr. Dando, as always, sir, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's wonderful talking to you. Um, and and what, is your, what, what is your son's name? His, his name is Cole. Cole and Cole this morning. We spoke to Stuart <laughs> and Cole Dando. Um, yep. and his first time on radio. His first time on radio. I'll, I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not possibly last, not. not you can, we can take a little crop of the cod past and send it out to your family and say, Cole's on radio already. <laughs> That's very kind. Thank you. Along with your hearty does. Thank Justin. you, guys. Was he? God bless, brother. I, as, as well. Um, um, yeah. Glad to have you back on the show. Glad to have you back on the program. A little bit of an extended version today. Glad to, definitely glad to do it with yeah. you. And uh, we'll look forward to talking yeah. to you on Wednesday. Amen. God bless. Sunny Bonani and... Sunny Bonani oh, no, to you. Hello, Sunny Bonani. <laughs> so, 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 Salagatle. Stay well. Salagatle. So, we're going to leave you with some uh, blues music, a little less conversation with guitar shorty. And uh, we'll be back at yeah. 3 p.m. today for the Miller Time Live Drive with me and Lesedi Marumo. So, be ready for that. And uh, great music during the day. We've got some exciting stuff coming up next week, including uh, some news on a guy that's going to join us from 9 to 12 every day playing some great music as well, which means we're going to move this thing awesome. slightly. But anyway, guys, we'll, uh, we'll chat to you soon. Thanks again, and uh, thanks for the sound financial advice. Remember, all financial advisors are not created equally. For more information on anything you've heard on this program, go to warrenherald.co.za. That's it. No yeah. spaces. Warren, as in double R, double E, N, and H-E-R-O-L-D-T. Um, .co.za. That's um, it. You could even set up a meeting with me. How about that? Yeah, so you're going to meet with Warren, and then when he needs to, to, to pick the brain of, of Stuart, he'll bring Stuart in, and Stuart will be very uh, specific. That's exactly what we do. Yeah. That's exactly what. If I've got a guy that says, this and I've got a portfolio of $5 million, I've heard you and Stuart talk on a Monday. Um, I'd, I'd like to 
you know, in normal circumstances, hey, I'd even like to have a cup of coffee with you guys. Hey, man, we locals. Yeah, we like um, coffee too. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, we like coffee too, you know? Yes, sir. So, yeah, please get hold of us. Uh, All right. you, you're most welcome to. Absolutely, 100%. Thanks, gentlemen.